Well, Johnny, if you hit good and pitch good, you're going to look good and you're going to win. And the Angels did exactly that last night against the Oakland A's. And Sandy did something that only Shohei Otani has done all season long. We'll talk about that. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. John and I, thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, and the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified when a new episode drops. Hey, thank you for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, aka the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Mike, you and I have been fans of this team for years, and it's our second season here with you at Locked On Angels. We're happy to be here. The only place you can get daily coverage of your favorite team right here on Locked On Angels, Monday through Friday. Hey, on today's show, we're going to talk about what's up with Taylor Ward. Is he a benefit or a liability? And what did Carlos Estevez say that could change the bullpen? in a major way. Hey, you, you made that rhyme, didn't you? Did you, do that on purpose? <laughs> you sounded really good there. <laughs> thank you, thank you. But Mike, we got to talk about last night's game and how exciting that one was. Let's get into it. Yeah, what a palate cleansing game. We weren't nervous. We yes. weren't anxious. It was great to get a victory, 11-3. to three, And Patrick Sandoval looked fantastic on the mound. Yeah, Seven did. innings, six hits, three runs, two of them earned, five Ks, 105 pitches. John, the best stat of all, zero walks that I know. is when he's really on it that's when he's really good first halo to go seven innings and the other Shohei Otani that of course they, they, both of them have done that this season and Johnny what I loved about this start is that Patrick Sandoval looked comfortable mm-hmm. Patrick Sandoval was spotting his pitches and this is what happens when your team actually scores you some runs yes you can go out there and not have to be perfect right. you can be good and he has good stuff and he gets his second victory of the year looked great on the mound and was backed up with strong offense, Brandon Drury yeah. suddenly has figured it out, right? Hunter Renfro leading this team in home runs and RBIs. If you would have asked me in spring training if he was going to lead the teams in home runs and RBIs, I would have said he's going to be top three behind Otani and Trout, right? But this guy has been a gift to our team. I can't remember having somebody outside of Otani and Trout that I've been really excited about in right Mm. field or in the outfield that's Mm -hmm. had a bat like this. It's been a long, long time. I know we mentioned Cole Calhoun is kind of that guy, but it's been a long, long time that you can count on somebody outside of the two big guys and you can count on Hunter Renfro. Johnny, this team scored some runs and the pitchers went seven innings. Yeah. And it was, it was incredible. And then to top it off, Otani actually came through, Johnny. He was scuffling for a bit. Yeah. Uh, let's see, five for 33 coming into this game. And then he hits a bomb to yeah, center field. His sixth home run. He has three RBIs in this game. Johnny, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Is is Otani the pitcher or Otani the hitter more valuable to this team this season? Well, right now, Mike, I'd say that Shohei Otani the pitcher is more valuable because He's he's the stopper, if you will. If they're yeah. struggling yeah. to stay in a game and prevent runs, look, he hasn't given up a run uh, in, in quite some time. His ERA right. is very, very low. And so I think Otani, the pitcher right now, is much more valuable to this team than Otani, the hitter. Now, when the hitting comes around, listen, he struggled in April last year. Remember, he did CPR on his bat. Right. It's going to come around, and we did see some of that last night in Otani. But Otani, the pitcher, is invaluable to this team. He's our ace. 
We need him out there. And again, when there's bleeding to be had, Otani's the one who goes out there yeah. and stops the bleeding. Now, it was great to see Sandoval go the seven innings and actually get the win and not have to worry about turning it over to the bullpen because, Mike, last night was the debut of your boy, Chase Silseth. And here's what I noticed right away. He comes out of the bullpen and he's amped up. He's fired up. Mm -hmm. Mike, his first fastball was 97 miles per hour. Yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah, I love that. And what I loved about him coming in is that he he just was throwing gas and, and they were guessing up there. And I wonder, John, I know that he's a starter mm -hmm. and I know that he is somebody that could really be a great starter for us. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if this might be the role that keeps him in the major leagues this season. I wonder if this mm -hmm. is the thing that he does that really helps this team. He reminded me last night of another guy who was a starter in the minor leagues and then came up and ended up being a key bullpen guy for the Angels in the early 2000s, especially in the 02 season. You know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about, Johnny? Who would it be, Mike? I'm talking about Scott Shields, Johnny. Hey. I mean, that's what I felt last night when Chase Silseth came in. Now, to be clear... I think he really is a great starter, and I think that he should be a great starter, especially with Jose Suarez struggling. But sure. maybe in the role that he's playing right now, as they try to figure out what to do with Suarez, maybe this role is perfect for him. And then if they need to swap him, maybe they swap him. But I loved seeing him on this roster and in the game last night. The last time you and I spoke about Chase Silseth was uh, a Fan Mail Friday question asking when and what else does he have to do to be called up. Yeah. And the last time we talked about him, he was topping out at 94 in AAA. AAA uh. has StatCast data now. Yeah. And he was topping out at 94. And you could see a decline in his velocity as the outing went on. He went right. about five innings. And I think that's been the biggest hesitation is can he keep up his endurance through a start. Right. But then all of a sudden he comes out and he's throwing 97 plus 99 at one point. It's like, where'd this guy come from? Right. It was probably a lot to do with being amped up nerves. His first outing as a halo this season in 2023 coming out of the bullpen in a new role. But Mike, he, he handled it perfectly. I know he walked some batters. I know he was not quite in the zone at some times. That's gotta I be think nerves. that's just, it's just nerves. I think yeah. he's amped up. But I agree with you. I don't think you give up on him being a starter. But if this keeps him around the team, right. and he's throwing gas like that out of the bullpen, sign me up, dude. I'll take that every single day of the week. Right. And the issue with Silseth is when he gets to about 40, 50 pitches, his velo drops and he does get tired. Yeah. And it was that third time through the order. I think that for a seventh inning, eighth inning guy, what you need from them, what you require of them is about... 40 to 50 pitches, right? Mm -hmm. And so that just fits him right now. And maybe this is the role that he can play for this team. Gosh, mm -hmm. so much better than having Lupin Tapera in there. So I would rather so, take Chase Silseth over them any day. Now, let me go back to your point about Drury. Now, that's his third home run in this series, his fourth overall. I think a lot of people are tempted to say, well, it's the A's. The right. A's are no good. Right. But here's the thing. You have to watch his pitch selection. You could see the pitch that he hit for a home run and what he chose to swing against. And then you could see the pitch he chose to swing against that caused him to strike out. And the pitch selection has been much better since he's been turning it on this season. And, and look, these are major league pitchers. They're going to get people out, and that's going to happen. You're not yeah. going to get a hit every single at bat, but you have to pay attention to what Drury is choosing to swing at versus the first couple of weeks. You could see him 
swinging out of the zone, swinging at junk, and not making good contact. That's the difference here with Brandon Drury. That's why his bat has started to come around. And I would venture to say the same thing with Shohei Otani. Again, he did CPR on his bat last year because he was scuffling. But as a pitcher, he's much more important. And he's actually going to be on the mound today as the Angels play game four against the A's. It's a day game, 107 Pacific. He's going to continue his dominance on the mound. And if you want to be tuned in for that Shohei Otani start, you can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Now, coming up on Locked on Angels, our next conversation is about what's up with Ward. I've got some stats for you. And how can this bullpen be better? we got four bullpen improvements that the Angels can make coming up. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time that you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With the eBay Guarantee Fit, you can be sure that every part fits right and fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and then look for the green check mark to know that the part will fit or your money back. And with 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. Get the right parts, the right fit, at the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride, and remember, eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. A reminder, Locked On Everydayers, we're going to be recapping Shohei Otani's start tomorrow. Get your questions in for Fan Mail Friday. And, of course, the Angels are playing the A's at 107 Pacific Time. It's Otani Day. You're not going to want to miss it. So catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. Johnny, Taylor Ward is our left fielder this year. We're excited about that. April last year, he was really great, but it seems like he's not really great this year. There's been a lot of questions about, like, did something change? Is it because he went from right field to left field? What's happening with him? Is he hesitant? Is he still a bit injured? You actually did a deep dive into some of the stats, which I love, and I haven't seen these yet, so I'm going to listen to you, and I'm going to respond along with the listeners and viewers. So, Johnny, take it away. All right, buckle up, nerds, because it's time to get into the stats. <laughs> I'm part of the nerds, too, so I'm calling yes. myself a nerd here. Mike, there were some questions <laughs> about Taylor Ward and why he hasn't quite been the all-star caliber potential guy that he was starting last season. And I wanted to take a look at his outfield defense because there has been some question on whether he's been good out there. Now, we obviously saw that incredible game-saving grand slam that he caught on Monday. Of course, no the good. Angels gave up the lead, but uh, <laughs> Taylor Ward certainly did his part. Mike, in right field last year, he had 1,069 innings. In left field this year, prior to last night's game, he has 195.2 innings, or two-thirds innings. So keep in mind, this is a very small sample size compared to last year. Yeah, He's got a full season to go in left field. Now, there is a stat called RAM, and just to make it simple, think about outfield arm runs saved above average. So this is essentially wow. how good is he uh, at throwing from the outfield and how good is his throwing arm in preventing runs. Okay. So this is outfield arm runs saved above average. So think league average. In 2022 okay. in right field, he had 
negative three runs saved, which is under league average. This year in left field, he's got negative one runs saved under league average. Now, that jumps out to me because right field's a little bit more difficult to play, and you could see why they have somebody like Hunter Renfro and his strong arm out there. And so it actually is good that Taylor Ward is negative uh, one rather than negative three in that regard. So his arm is not great. It's a little below league average, but it's better because left field is a little easier to throw from. Here's an interesting stat. Good fielding plays runs saved above average. So making smart plays, getting good reads and determining what's a low risk play, like letting the ball in front of fall in front of you versus diving for the ball. Right? Okay. In 2022, in right field, he was negative two runs saved under league average. This year in left field, plus two runs saved above league average. Oh, wow. I'm surprised at that because it feels like, I test, it feels like he hasn't improved. It feels like he does let some balls kind of drop in. It feels like maybe he's not hustling, but this number tells me that I'm completely wrong. (laughs) No, that's the key, though. He might not be diving and letting things fall in front of him, which is the smarter choice than to go Ah, all out. Because then the risk... The risk is higher if you're diving, obviously. So he's actually uh, prevented plus two runs here. Defensive run save, negative three last year in right field. This year, he's zero. League average. Now, his arm above average, he's plus 0.3 above league average in left field. And last year, he was negative 2.9 in right field. This could be, again, due to kind of the reduced difficulty of sure. throwing from left field. Because it was a good move to move him over. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, his range has been really solid in right and left field. So because of his routes and his range and the amount of grass he's able to cover out there, plus 1.1 last year in right, plus 0.7 this year. So he's preventing almost one run above league average because of how good he is. Now, this is the ultimate qualifier here. The ultimate zone rating, which quantifies a player's complete defensive output in the language of runs saved, runs prevented, things like that. In 2022 in right field, negative 2.6 runs under league average. Okay. But this year in left field, plus 1.1 runs above league average. Interesting. So his, uh, if you extrapolated his left field so far, over 150 games in the outfield, He'd be a positive 12.3 ultimate zone rating player. Wow, that's great. All this to say that Taylor Ward is adjusting to left field and he would actually be on pace to outperform his defensive output in right last year. Now, yeah, it, looks there, like it. it comes with an adjustment period. Last year, we saw him almost collide with Mike Trout a couple of times. He was being super aggressive. Trout had to remind him, hey, dude. I'm the quarterback here. If I call you <laughs> yeah, off, yeah. it's my ball. And, we, and I'm going to kill you if I hit you. <laughs> right. And we saw that again with Trout and Ward in left field. We yeah. actually saw he him collide with Brett Phillips when Phillips was playing center field. He nearly cleated him the other day. But again, it's just a matter of the learning curve for okay. Taylor Ward. So he's got some, some work to do. Now, as far as the hitting goes, that's the big question here. Right, right. And I have broken it down to three things which Taylor Ward's results so far have to do with pitch selection, what he's swinging at, and the counts he's found himself in so far. Listen to this. His outside-the-zone swing, the percentage of pitches he is swinging at outside the zone is actually up this year, 31.6. In 2022, it was 23 
5.6. It does feel like that. Yeah, especially with those pitches that are low and away. I see him swinging at that a whole lot. And then the, the low and in pitches, you see him swinging over that a lot. Absolutely. Now, he's still making contact outside the zone around 65% of the time, okay. which actually has led to more opposite field hitting. It was 29% right now. Last year, it was 23.9%. And that actually uh, is up around the league. I was reading a stat uh, earlier yesterday, and they were saying that a lot of batters are going opposite field because yes. the shift is not implemented anymore. And Absolutely. so they're finding a hit pretty much all over the field, which I think is really great for baseball. But for Taylor Ward, I think that's when he's really going to thrive, when he's hitting that that right center gap, right? And then you have that low home run porch with the wall. I think that's a great place for him to try to aim for. Now, it's caused more soft contact from mm. Taylor Ward because he's going the opposite way. It's okay. less pulling and less power. So I'm pulling the ball. (laughs) No, he's he's getting it over there. It's just that he's hitting it softer. And that's led to an increased ground ball percentage of 44.9 in 2023. Mike, that was 35% last year. Oh, wow. Almost a 10% jump. Okay. Now, what he's swinging at here uh, is also an indicator. Mike, on fastballs, uh, the runs above average when he hits a fastball, again, that's that league average stat that's determined in runs above runs below on fastballs this year so far negative 1.6 last year over the 2022 season a positive 8.8 oh wow Uh, what a swing yeah and and the slider last year was 3.4 runs above average this year it's 1.2 so he's still hitting the slider well but then you see something like the curveball uh, 0.8 last year, negative 1.2 this year. Wow. Uh, he was crushing changeups last year, 6.2 this year, zero. So right there, right there and even uh, with league average. And the final thing regarding his hitting is the counts that he's found himself in. Now, all of us have seen that he likes to swing at that first pitch, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his first pitch strike percentage is up this year which is 63.2 up from 58.7 in 2022. So that's essentially putting him in a few more 0-1 counts. Now, regarding the first pitch on 0-0, he's had 14 chances, 14 plate appearances, which have resulted in four runs, six hits, two home runs, five RBIs. He's hit 429 and has a 1.286 OPS on 0-0 counts. So obviously the more favorable counts are going to help him. But the pitcher's counts have actually seen him struggle. On 1-0 counts, which is in his favor, he's had 10 tries, 3 hits, 1 run. He's hitting 333 and a 733 OPS. In 1-1 counts, I was surprised to see this, 5 chances, 2 hits, 3 runs, 1 double, 1 home run, 2 RBIs, a 1.600 OPS there. Dang. Two point, <laughs> or I should say two and one counts, two balls, one strike, six plate appearances, three hits, one double, one RBI, hitting 500, a 1.167 OPS. Now it's the pitcher's counts mm-hmm. that have given him trouble. Listen to this. 0 and one counts, seven tries, one hit, one run, one RBI, but a 167 average and a 310 OPS. Wow. On 0 and two counts, he's had 10 tries, 10 plate appearances, two hits, five Ks and a 200 batting average. Wow. Okay. One and two count, 10 chances, two Ks, no data. He's not Mm. succeeded in one and two counts. Wow. And then finally, the last two, two and two counts. He's had 19 plate appearances, two hits, one run, 12 strikeouts in two and two counts for a 111 average. 
at a full count, three and two, he's had 19 plate appearances that have gotten to full counts, two hits, six walks, five Ks, and a 167 average, but a 474 on base. So those walks have helped him out in full counts. So Mike, I really think that if you take all that data, you can see that number one, his pitch selection needs to be a bit better. Number two, he's not hitting fastballs as well as he did last year. He's not hitting the changeup as well as he did last year. And number three, he's got to get himself into more favorable counts. And it all starts with that first pitch. Thanks, nerds. That was so that was so great. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. This is why you should give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash MLB. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we don't know and we don't know why we react, why we react the way that we do until we talk through things. So BetterHelp actually is helpful to you. It connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey of self-discovery from where you are to wherever you want to be. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, setting boundaries, empowering you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It is for everybody. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, uh, designed to be convenient and flexible and suited for your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash MLB today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash MLB. Mike, you and I have a few ideas on how to get this bullpen right. We've got four specific ways to do this. And you actually had a a quote from an article that uh, mentioned Carlos Estevez and what he said to Phil Nevin. Why don't you share that? Yeah, this is the first way that I think the bullpen can actually improve. Estevez actually approached Phil Nevin and he said, I want to pitch in certain situations. Remember, he mm-hmm. was out a few games ago because of usage and it cost the Halos a win. Right. So he actually approached Phil Nevin, and I love this, and he said, I'm going to let you know before the game if I need a day. Yeah, I'm going to communicate that to you, which I, love, I love. And Nevin said he wanted to protect him for the long haul because of what happened to the bullpen last year. And if you uh, read Jeff Fletcher's article recently out of the OC Register, he had a great article about how April, the Angels' bullpen was great, and then May, they completely fell apart, and we saw mm-hmm. it fall apart. Mm-hmm. ERAs went up, innings pitched went up, and they just couldn't get anybody out. Loop and Tapera had a great April, and then in May, they became what we have become accustomed to, right? Yes. And so uh, Carlos actually said, I want to pitch on the days I want to pitch, and I'm going to let you know if I need a day off. And he said he left the conversation with a good mutual understanding with Phil Nevin. Johnny, this sounds like a closer. Yeah. This sounds like the guy that wants to be there at the end of the game. This sounds like a guy who's saying, Phil, don't use the metrics more than you use your gut, and let me use my gut to tell you when I can actually pitch. And I love that. And that's what we need at the end of this bullpen. 
Absolutely. Now, by the way, Nevin said to Sam Blum that he actually dictates who's available and who's not and not the front office. Hmm. Do you buy into that? Because I'm not sure I do. I'm not sure I do, although the last couple of games have looked a little bit different. When they stole some bags and then last night's game, there was a lot of motion and there was a lot of hitting. And I just... I wonder if there is an adjustment being made with yeah. the front office. It's, it sounds like they give them the information, which is great. But I, I think you got to let Phil Nevin be Phil Nevin and kind of yeah. let him let that veteran experience come out. I think if he got his fingerprints on this team a bit more, I think we would see what we saw last night against the A's. I think so, too. And I think you got to let the manager make the decisions and you got to let the players trust their gut and say, Hey, like I'm good to go tonight. I don't I care. Go what spread up, this is fourth straight game. Here I go. Yeah. Right. Right. I, just let me go out there and pitch. Yeah. Uh, so maybe some people heard us say, do your job. <laughs> and the bullpen <laughs> said, I'm trying to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to Phil. <laughs> hey, the second way the bullpen can be fixed actually came from Mark Langston yes. uh, on the post game show. And of course he knows pitching better than anyone. He mentioned on the post game on Tuesday, the angel starters need to go deeper into games because then they essentially could be getting or they are getting an extra day of rest due to the six man rotation. So they should be able to go deeper into games. And we saw that with Patrick Sandoval going over 100 pitches. We need more of that, Mike, because then you have the opportunity to bring in two guys over two innings or like last night in a blowout. You bring in Chase Silseth, who, number one, is just getting his feet wet in the majors this year. But number two could easily do that in a much closer game. Yeah. And then the third way that you can fix this bullpen is offensively. And what's great is we saw both of what you just talked about and what I'm going to talk about happen last night against the A's. You can actually help the bullpen by scoring runs and allowing the starters to stay in there a bit longer and not to be worried about being so perfect and so fine. John, after Tuesday night's game, before Wednesday night's game, 18 of the 24 Angel games have been decided by three runs or less. And that has mainly been because the offense hasn't added on runs. Gooby mm-hmm. always talks about add-on runs and how important they are. Yeah. And when you have add-on runs, it allows the bullpen to come in after the starter. And again, it allows them to throw their pitches. It allows them to pitch from the lead and it it gives them the permission to not have to be perfect to be good but not have to be perfect and i think right. that the pressure that this bullpen and the starters have felt because the offense hasn't come through can be alleviated when the offense actually does what we saw them do last night score some runs right absolutely and you think about patrick sandoval and you think about if it was a closer game does he come back out in the seventh and look he did have some pitches to spare he was about 80 pitches at that point yeah ended up at 100 plus and i kind of think that maybe you start the inning with him and then go to somebody else but at the end of the day he got to finish that inning because the run differential was so big because the lead was so big and i know they added on even after that which was great now the fourth way mike obviously another example here is to go to the minor leagues You've yeah. got guys in double A and triple A that can be options to for better uh, and not worse. They're, they're better options. Right. And you see that with like Chase Silseth being flexible in the way that you're able to use a guy from a starter to a reliever. And listen, you can't hang on to guys because you're out of options. Yeah. You've got to make choices to get better. And if you're holding on to somebody just because you're afraid that they won't make it through waivers and they won't make it back to the minor leagues. I don't know, man. I think you got to make choices now to improve the club now 
And just because somebody's out of options, you can't tie your hands to that. You really have to go out there and make the choices that you need to make, like bringing up Chase Silseth. Now, I know he replaced Austin Warren because he's hurt, but at the same time, there's a lot of guys here who are out of options, and some of them have contracts. Some of them are just kind of sitting on the bench, <clears throat> Aaron Loop. And <laughs> yeah. I really love what they decided to do with Chase Silseth. They've got to reach in to the minor league depths and pull some of these guys up that can make an impact on the big club. We recapped the game, and we talked about Taylor Ward, and those are the four ways that we can improve this bullpen, and this is why you make Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Now, I know that we're excited about the game today. They're playing the Oakland A's, and Shohei Otani is on the mound, so don't miss that game, especially Shohei Otani's next start. And you can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on Sirius XM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, be sure to give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. You're going to want to do that because it's Fan Mail Friday. Of course, we're going to recap uh, today's game on tomorrow's show in segment one, and then we'll have two segments of your questions and comments. You can reach out to us on social media. Mike, they can even give us a call if they'd like, right? Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. 714-409-6396. Leave us a voicemail if you want to leave us maybe a 30-second to 60-second voicemail. We would love to hear from you. So get at us for Fan Mail Friday tomorrow on Lockdown Angels. All right, friends, let's go out there and get a win, Halos, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. That's going to do it for this episode of Lockdown Angels, and we'll see you back here for Fan Mail Friday.